Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Faith Family and Football with Clark Phillips III, powered by KSLSports.com. Trevor Allen here with you. We are back for episode 14. Uh, we didn't do a podcast last week because there was a big game, I heard, according to sources, that Utah was playing in. So I allowed Clark to focus on that big game and not have to worry about doing a show. Um, but apparently it worked. Because I'm sitting here with Utah football corner and Pac-12 champion, Clark Phillips III. Champ, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, Probably not as good as you. You know, feeling pretty good about winning a championship, right? Man, that's correct, man. You know, we worked so hard for this, and it's so good to to reap the benefits of all the hard work that we put in. We're going to dive knee-deep into this game. Uh, All of the feelings from, you know, pregame. Coming in to kick off some plays that happened in the game to winning it all. And now you guys are going to the Rose Bowl. We're just, I think we're an hour removed. We're, we're taping this on Sunday, but uh, an hour removed of Utah finding out who they're playing in the Rose Bowl. I mean, we knew last night after what happened in the uh, Big Ten championship game, but it is official. We will talk about the big matchup that, that lies ahead in Pasadena on New Year's Day and the uh, opponent is a little has a little tie to you. That's correct. You know, that's correct. I'm excited about that, man. As soon as I found out, I was like, you know, texting my boys. I'm like, oh yeah, man, I can't wait to see Alandina, man. You know, but I'm excited, man. So we're gonna treat it like, you know, every game that we've treated this this season and came out with a victory, like a championship. Now we kind of know what that feeling feels like. So I don't think we want to go out, you know, with an L. How far away is Pasadena from? where your folks live uh it depends on how deep you go into pasadena i'd say probably about 25 30 minutes so the rose bowl isn't too far away from here at all that must make your parents happy yeah they won't have to you know drive too far just hop right on the freeway you know get there and get right back because if had you guys lost that game and and we could talk about this now Mm -hmm. you guys would have gone to to the alamo bowl that's the truth which would have been another flight another Mm -hmm. you know booking a room and stuff for your parents and you don't have to do that anymore yeah, man, I'm excited about that. I feel like you know, it just it's it's almost like a perfect Christmas gift. I would say, you know, uh, a late one, a late yeah. one. But you know, just like I feel like when you when you think about what we've been through this season, you think about all the traveling that everyone was really having to have to done, have to do, uh, had to do, and all of that stuff. And you know, now we're able to finish strong, and we're rewarded by being able to go back to my hometown. All right, are you ready to break this whole thing down? 
Let's start, do it. Start to finish. Let's do it. This is probably going to be a little bit of a longer podcast, but it's not very often that you get to do a show after winning a championship. Let's do it. Um, especially the first one in, in uh, school history since joining the Pac-12. All right. Going into the game, there was a lot of nerves from Ute fans. And normally, like, student-athletes are all different. Like, you have some that get really ner- – I mean – Without telling us names, you probably do have teammates who get really tense, really nervous, and mm-hmm. takes them a little bit to, to relax. And then there's some who come in really confident. I mean, Cam Rising seems like that that type of guy. You are obviously one of those guys that you end up doing things like hours before kickoff to get to, to get you to the point where you don't have nerves. Yeah. But I know there was a lot of Ute fans that were really nervous about this game because of what you guys did to Oregon two weeks before, where you guys smashed them and you know really pissing off Oregon to where you guys thought you guys were going to see a more motivated Oregon team in the Pac-12 championship. What was your mindset going to the game? You wake up in, you know, in your room, you know it's game day, a, a championship is on the line, a berth in, uh, you know, to play in the, the Rose Bowl is on the line. How were you feeling? Great question. You know, um, I was feeling good, man. And honestly, you know, as excited as I, as I was, you know, throughout the week, it just was a regular game to me when I woke up that morning. Really? I didn't, I didn't want to change anything up. I, I'm super superstitious. Um, yeah, I do so the same I. thing before before every game. It doesn't change. And so, you know, I, I kind of just followed, you know, what I do every game. What did I do? Woke up, you know, dropped down on my knees and I pray. Um, then I went to breakfast, grabbed my cup of coffee, two sugars, one creamer. Um, then I went and grabbed <laughs> exactly. an omelet and, you know, all egg white. And then... From from that point, then I go back up to my room right before we do team walk, and I pray some more. Right after team walk, we have meetings, positional, um, some team. Then we have about an hour break or two hour break. And that in that time, I go up to my room and I meditate, and then I visualize. Then I pray some more. And so, if you if you are not, haven't already noticed, it's a lot of prayer in there. Yeah. So you know, it really nothing really changed for me. And so you you know. <clears throat> You guys end up getting on that on that bus and have a very short bus ride to Allegiant Stadium. I mean, you probably didn't have. I mean, what what are normally those those bus rides are, uh, like for you? Because for this one, it probably wasn't very long because you guys were right across the street from Allegiant. The bus rides, man, it's it's different. So Oregon State was probably one of our longer bus rides. Mm-hmm. I think we stayed a little bit away from the stadium, mm-hmm. like twenty thirty minutes, but um. Like usually the bus rides are, are fairly quick and it's really just a time where I'm just thinking about, you know, literally my assignment. I'm thinking about how, you know, what the things that I need to do warm up wise before we even get on the field. Like, okay, I gotta hit this, gotta get the hips right. And then I'm just thinking about the team and I'm like, you know, we're gonna go out there and dominate. I'm almost speaking it speaking it into existence. You know, almost like, Hey, this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna have three PBUs, I'm gonna have seven tackles and like I'm just almost like the yeah. things that I visualized all week the formations that I saw, the plays that I saw ran out of those formations, I'm seeing myself making plays. So the visualization really doesn't stop until kickoff. So then you you end up getting in there, Allegiant Stadium. You've never been in there before. Mm -hmm. When you first showed up, and you guys ended up going over Thursday night, right? To kind of just check it out a little bit? Check it out so it wasn't just... how, How was that? It was nice, man. You know, as soon as we got on the field on Thursday when we when we landed, man, it was... You know, I'm just thinking back. I closed my eyes so I can see it. Um, you know, first thing I recognized was the, was you know how long that walk was from uh, inside of the actual tunnel mm-hmm. to to the field. It was super nice. You know, we went into the locker room, beautiful. We already had our pads and stuff laid out, our jerseys. Um, 
me and Coach Shaw, first thing we noticed when we got on the field was how nice the turf was. It was bouncy. I was like, this is like a trampoline. I'm going to jump so high in this, you know. <laughs> and so we're we're doing backpedals. We're messing around, throwing the rock around. And, you know, we were just kind of laughing like, man, we're here. You know, me and Coach Shaw hugged for a little while. Like, wow, we made it. You know, he'd be proud. So, yeah, man, it was like, it, and, it was surreal. And he meaning Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, as soon as we got there, man, it was like, we could feel it. This is going to be different, you know. Okay, so now skipping back ahead to game day, you guys go into the locker room, you get all set up and everything, and you, you guys usually come out, what, two hours before kick? To Something warm like up? that, yeah, but an hour and a half. Okay, so you end up coming out. Crowd's already, you know, gates have opened. Yeah. What was going through your mind as, as you were looking Honestly, into the crowd? So bef- when we warm up, you know, you see the corners, we warm up all pretty early. Yeah. You know, and then we go back in and we put on our stuff. Um, when we were warming up, we saw a lot of our fans, but we saw a lot of open seats at first, too. Yeah. You know, when it was just the corners. And so we saw a lot of red. But we saw some green and stuff, and it looked like it was going to be a good ratio for us. But we didn't know for sure what it was going to look like on kickoff. So as soon as we went, you know, and we started to kind of approach, you know, the tunnel, and we already had on our gear and stuff, and we were coming out for, you know, the official kickoff, we were like, and so it, it was almost like a like a choir. It started off kind of loud. As we jogged to that end, end zone where we usually pray, yeah. you know, it just got louder and louder. And by the time I looked around, it was all red. I saw probably a couple of little specks of green. And they had a little area where it was some yeah, green. Yeah, they had a little bit, yeah. But it was like, it felt like a home game. It definitely did. And, and I- so it was just loud. And we were like, oh, let's go. And, you know, my heart got happy. I'm like, oh, yeah, this feels like the last game, you know? Yeah. Especially being on prime time. National TV, anybody who has bunny ears on their TV could watch this game. Man, I was thinking this is this has got to be fake. Like we, this has got to be cheating. I like, mean, in a way. I was like I was like there's no way Santa Clara going over to Levi Stadium. I was there in in a 2019. There were still a lot of U fans there, but not nearly. I mean, I think it was probably quadruple the amount. Man, it was ridiculous. Uh because I mean, obviously Vegas is closer. I mean, I I drove to Vegas. I, I didn't fly because flight ticket, you know, plane tickets were ridiculous and you had to connect to like Denver or LAX before getting to Vegas. Yeah. I'm like, I might as well just drive. So I, I ended up driving down Thursday, uh, Thursday afternoon. I got in about seven o'clock Vegas time and I ended up going over to Allegiant Stadium. Obviously, I couldn't go in, but I was able to, you know, just just check out, you know, I was I was just sitting in the parking lot and but on my way down. I probably either got past or passed fifty cars that had you that had something Utes on it, and that and and not every car you know that 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 was going to the game, not everyone has Ute stuff on no, their car like a sticker or a flag or whatever. Cars, yeah. But that was just passing like car flags that have Utes on it or like a sticker in their back window. I passed about fifty cars. I I probably should have kept count, but it felt and those like are the 50 diehard fans, right? Yeah, you know, the ones that put stuff on their cars. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, it's like I'm a U fan for life. So I'm like sitting here, I'm like, okay, this has got a little bit of a different feel to it. And then we we end up showing up, and we're at the very top, yeah, top of the stadium, the box, but it's open. So like there there's like a window there, like a little tiny window just like above our our desk, and then it's all open. And by the way, it's freaking awesome. Like nothing against. The, the press box at home for home games. But Allegiant Stadium does it right. So they have a whole row for, like, home press, and then they have, like, a, a big giant uh, section in the middle for all the broadcasts. And then 
and then you have another row on the other side for the away team. So we were on one end. Yeah. Over by where that like torch thing is over yeah. in that end zone and like the open window. And then the organ was over there, but it was just as big as the the press box at Rice Eccles Stadium. And so and then not only that, but in the home games for Utah games, they only have two TVs, one in in one corner of the press box and one in the other corner. We each had like our own TV where all you had to do was look up and there was a TV right there that had the game on. So that's the, awesome. because we always look because whenever there's like a play being made, TV is delayed and they also do instant replays. Yeah. So we're always looking up, okay, who who caught that and things like that. Yeah. And so we had that and I'm just like this is insane and then like they had like a DJ, it was like a party pregame. You guys were, you know, warming up and focusing in and all that, but when you guys were in the uh, locker room and all that, I would say we're probably about 30 minutes away from kickoff. And you guys are in the locker room. And there and there was this DJ, I don't know his name, but shout out to you anyway. But he he ends up saying, "All right, everyone, who's here cheering for Oregon?" So you hear, you know, pretty loud cheer. But then he's like, "Who's here oh, for yeah, Utah?" Yeah. And it just yeah, just I absolutely. I think, he, I think I remember that stormed stormed us over where we're just like, I end up turning over to one of my colleagues. I'm like, "This is a Utah home game." Yeah, like our seats were rumbling from like the noise. That's crazy. That was how nuts it was. It but, was pretty loud. I think I remember that moment. I just remember hearing like a, a silent cheer and like a whisper, and then I remember hearing like a lion's roar. You know? Oh, it was a lion's roar for sure. Maybe a couple of lions, <laughs> uh, because like okay, so you guys end up coming out of the tunnel. Were you guys blown away? At, at least you. I mean, we ended up talking to Cam. We talked to Devin and uh, Mika after the game. Yeah. But for you, when you were running out of the tunnel. The flames are going, the smoke's mm-hmm. going, all that stuff. Um, and you're just hearing, here's your Utah Utes, and everyone's just roaring. What was going through your mind? I mean, first and foremost, when I looked up, I saw everyone stand up. And that was the whole stadium. So I'm like, yeah. everyone can't be a fan of the Utes. And so <laughs> looked like, because I just saw, you know, big, you know, it was like all in one motion. Everyone stood up. Yeah. And then, you know, it just got louder and louder. You know, I felt like that. That run from one end zone to the other took probably about, like, two hours because of how loud it, it was. You know, we were just kind of trotting along, and by the time we got to the end zone to pray, it was just so loud. It was so loud, and it probably even got hotter just from that moment, just from everyone screaming, you know. In that moment, it was like probably felt like 100 degrees. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. So do nerves set in even during that time when, you when, when like, they the uh, captains come out for, you know, the, the uh, coin toss? Do you, it is there ever a moment where nerves kind of set in no matter how hard you try to keep it out? I think uh, from like I get the same, you know, tickle in my stomach, same butterflies. But it isn't really five nerves? seconds before kickoff. OK. Like when the ref blows the whistle, like it's game time. It's like that's when, you know, whether we're kicking or receiving, I get the same, you know, butterfly. And then it goes away as soon as the kick happens. And then right then after like, that, you're just locked in. Because, you know, as soon as the kick happens, I usually, you know, I'm either sitting down I'm, you know, just kind of visualizing, kind of going through it, or I'm standing up and I'm ready to go because we're getting the, or because we're on defense first. Well, you guys are always going to be on on defense last. It seems like because whether you guys win the toss or lose the toss, you, it's always going to be the offense first. Because if you guys win the toss, you guys always take the ball. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Which is kind of weird. Now by we the way. do, huh? Yeah, now you do. Um, okay, so you guys end up going going throughout the game, end up scoring first. Um, Oregon tries to counter. You guys come out for that for that first drive, and really, Oregon just couldn't get anything going. What was really working for you guys 
especially on those on those first couple of drives, to just really shut Oregon down. Man, Coach Galley, he called a hell of a game. A dude, he uh, he did a great job mixing it up. Uh, he did some things last game that worked, and so you know he was able to throw some of those things and some of those hints in this game to maybe you know confuse the quarterback, confuse the scheme a little bit to make it look like what we did last game, and then bring something completely different. So it was a it was a great plan to disguise certain things. Uh, to bring certain pressures, we ran a little bit more man, um, I think, which allowed us to bring a little bit more pressure and to play, you know, uh, more of an even front on the line. And we did, we did some great things, man. We just, I feel like it just came down to execution. What were your thoughts when you saw Devin Lloyd take one to the house? I was so hyped, I couldn't even believe my eyes because I think they ran like a uh, like a shorter route concept with all the receivers. I think they were trying to get the yeah. first down, it was like third and five or something. Yeah, and Devin completely baited them. Um, dude tried to throw it. He had, when I watched the film over this morning and last night, I re- I recognized that that dude Devin was kind of in his blind spot. It sounds crazy. Devin's a big dude. He, like he can't hide from nobody. Yeah. And so <laughs> I think Devin was a little bit behind the center. He kind of took a step back because he knew the route concept was coming. Made the receiver settle because the receiver's only settling based off the linebacker. The underneath droppers drops. So Devin backed up and right when he settled, it was like quarterback was like, oh bingo, got him. Devin triggers, you know, breaks on it, and uh, next thing you know, he's in the end zone, and the refs tell me to put on my helmet. I was just so excited. <laughs> I took off my helmet. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> you know, we were all screaming in the end zone, and in that moment, I was like, this dude is different. Yeah. No, like, Devin made himself heard uh, in that game, and it's funny because you watched the game in, in a 2019, right, mm-hmm. against Oregon, where Kayvon Thibodeau was just having his way with Utah's O-line. I ended up saying to a couple of my, my, my colleagues after the game, and I probably should have tweeted this out, I probably would have gotten a reaction. Devin Lloyd did to Oregon what Kayvon Thibodeau did to Utah in 2019. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I'd have to. I watched that game. Um, you were there. Yeah, I watched it in full. And so, like, I just, you know, those are two great players, man. But I feel like um, Devin really showed, you know, exactly what he was trying to do. You know, when he decided to come back, we talked in, I just, and he was just like, trying to do something you know that we haven't done before trying to make history we made history last night then he told me his goal is about going to the draft he wanted he wants to be a top five pick he thinks he's the best and so he's on his way and so that that's what he really wanted to do and I feel like if not every game especially in the biggest game of the season he did so made the biggest impact play MVP honors all of that stuff but all of that MVP honors and stuff that comes after the fact that he made the biggest play you know in the game Early on, when the game was still undecided, you know, and so that's really up by by a touchdown, and that's why he's Devin Lloyd. Proud of that dude so much, and you know, I could say the same about Mika Tufu. I could say the same about really the whole defense. I feel like the guys just showed up, and we all showed out, man. And we trusted our scheme, uh, we trusted our culture. Coach Galley stays on us. He he always calls a great game, um, and it just came down to execution. You guys really aren't losing too many guys on defense. Not too many. We're losing a couple of leaders. I mean, yeah, Devin is, and and Mika, I think, is still on the fence about yeah. whether or not he wants to go into the draft. But other than that, you guys have got a really good core coming back. And as long as you guys can stay healthy, because I know you guys are banged up at at a corner. This is this kind of a glimpse of what the future is like on defense for Utah football. I think so. I think so. I think um, we got something special. You know, I said it. I think game one. Um, said it a couple times now, but we really do got something special. And Coach Scali continues to always, you know, put us in great positions. Uh, it just comes down to, you know, playing within our culture, keeping the culture consistent, um, and then just being, just being, just being dogs. 
and just being Utah, man, because um, I feel like if we do that, nobody can play with us. When did you finally realize we're going to be Pac-12 champions? What what like point in One the game? minute, 36 seconds, I think, is when the clock stopped. It was a TV timeout or something. I think Oregon might have caught. No, it was like, it was, I know it was one minute and 30-something seconds because I remember. In the stand, game? Yeah. And and it was fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And me and Coach Shaw were standing there. And I just remember I was standing next to him, put my arm around him. And uh, all of a sudden, it just kind of hit me, you know. And I just was, I was like, I was overwhelmed with emotion. I'm like, wow, we just, we're doing it, you know. So, somebody could have probably thought that in like the third quarter, maybe the second quarter. Yeah, yeah. But you know, our mindset as you man, we play sixty minutes. Yeah. And so I feel like we we I mean I think that's what kept the score the way it was, you know, because we played full game even when it was halftime. We went into the locker room angry. We're like, we got to keep our foot on their throats. Like we were just like we got to we got to keep on going, you know and. We don't want to let this one pass us. We're not. We're not doing. You know. We're trying to make history, and so it was like uh, third quarter, fourth quarter. You know, it all kind of flew by, and yeah, minute and about thirty seconds, man. Minute and twenty seconds. It might have been. Some, it was somewhere around there because I remember me and Coach Shaw were standing there, and uh, just looked at him, and he was like, "Wow, son," and I just kind of looked and put my arm around him, and it's like we did it. You know. You had one of the bigger plays that I I feel like sealed the deal. Yeah. Uh, it was it was fourth and three. Um, Anthony Brown threw a, uh, oh it, it was it was five yards fourth and five. Okay, I thought it was fourth and three. Um, either way, it's still fourth down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Brown ended up throwing it sideline, and you ended up getting a hand on it to turn it over on downs, which to me kind of sealed the deal. What did you see on that play? Man, you know, I watch a lot of film, watch a lot of um, formational-based study, and I just I kind of knew what, the, what they were going to try to do. Uh, before they even trotted out, you know, into their formation, I was th- I had in my head, okay, they're going to think they're going to try to do a, co- a shorter concept, whether it be mesh, whether it be a certain, you know, they, they like the crossing routes, and the number one receiver usually does it out or, or quick slant or he runs vertical. I knew based on a down and distance, um, based on the time that we had on the clock, It'd be in their favor to get out of bounds or to get the first down. In this case, they had to get the first down, fourth and five. And so I just, you know, I trusted it, man. I just said, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bait the quarterback. So we were in a cover three concept. Um, I knew that if he saw, because last game they got a couple of out routes on us. And so I knew that if he saw me shuffling out of there, he would think that he had it. Because the field side flat is the always open in cover three. That's the, that's the, that's the beater in the coverage. And so. I knew being to the field that I could really, that's something that I could steal. And so I'm thinking for the play, this is going to be an interception, you know? And so as he, you know, got up, cause he usually, he took a long time to, to really snap the ball because every single play he was trying to figure out, you know, if we're blitzing, we did a great job with disguises. So every single time, you know, he got up to the line of scrimmage, he was looking to see who's coming this time. And so as he looked, you know, and, was kind of observing to see who's coming. I think Devin was showing down. We had Malone showing down, a couple of guys. Nephi was acting like he was going to blitz. Everyone dropped into coverage, and uh, I shuffled out of there. As soon as he said set, he took another peek, and then he called hike, and that's when I kind of focused on the receiver. I was still in a shuffle technique, but I was looking at the receiver now because all of my other receivers, they were all gone. And so I'm like, it's just me and you. And so I broke probably simultaneously with the receiver. Out and so, soon as he saw me break, I could I could see it out of the corner of his eyes. He was um, he saw I had a step on his receiver, 
and so he threw it a little bit higher. Otherwise, it was going to be a pick six. Yeah, and so it was a smart ball by him. Probably one of his better balls of the day. But still able to get a hand on it. But still able to get a hand on it. Does the uh, bouncy turf, did that help you with that? Most definitely, because I was going full speed, and I actually broke undercutting the route. Um, and I tried I tried to just steal it. Next thing I know, the ball was higher than expected. So at the last minute, I just had to throw my hand out there. Because I was going to try to go up with two hands, and then it was higher than I thought. The last thing I wanted to do was give them you know, a catch. He would have got out of bounds and all that stuff. And that would have been a first down. And it would have been a first down. And now they've got hope. Really no hope. They, now they feel good about themselves. And now maybe he gets some things going. So it was like I felt like that was a big play in that moment. Right after the play, you end up getting up. And then when you guys went over to the sideline, Coach Shaw was right there. What was said? He was like, he was just, he was just like, man, you're playing at a high level. He's like, you've been playing like this all season. He was like, you're playing at a high level. Great play, son. He was like, that's smart. He was like, that's smart. He's like, that's, that's super smart. Coach, that was the first thing Coach Galley said as well. You know, came off to sign. He was like, freaking smart he was like you're smart and you know and so uh he'll appreciate that that you know me trying to mimic his voice too <laughs> if he heard this but uh yeah. now nah, coach shaw you know he was just like you know that's a smart play he was like that's what film study does he was like, that's what confidence does like because if you know you're not confident you won't ever try make that ch- make that uh you won't ever take that chance and so i was just i was so grateful you know that they trusted me in that moment so you uh you were probably feeling pretty good after that play i was man i was and then it helped me when my boys, you know, all the spotlight, the corners came over. It's like, let's go, baby, you know, turn it up. That's right, CP, you know, all of that stuff. And the defense was turned up for me. Devin came over, was like, let's go, you know, and that's what it's all about. That's what I'm, you know, what I when I think about, when I think about the culture, you know, RSNB, relentless, smart, nasty, ball hawk, you know. And I feel like we showed some of every aspect of that culture in that game. I kind of want to shift gears a little bit uh, from this game. Uh Coming in, it was announced that Aaron Lowe's mom was going to be an honorary captain. Mm-hmm. How did that make you feel when you know Oregon trots out their former Heisman Trophy quarterback who plays for the Raiders now, and uh, Marcus Mariota is their honorary captain, but Donna's your guys's honorary captain. What what was going through your mind when you heard about that? Man, my heart got happy. You know, I was filled with joy just because, you know, it just reminded me of everything the team's been through. You know, we lost Ty and Aaron, and, you know, seeing his mother try to, try, you know, go out there with the guys just made me happy. You know, just And wearing number 22. Wearing number 22. You know, it's really symbolized the meaning behind our season, you know, and really gave us strength and propelled us forward as a team. And so rather than, you know, get sad in that moment, I smiled. You know, I was like, yep. Just reminded me, this is what we're doing it for. That and he's he's here watching us. And he's here watching us. My wife, Jamie, she doesn't watch football games that much because she's like, you're working them all the time and you know all that stuff. But she was really hopeful for you guys in this game. Like she's like texting me, she's like, I'm so nervous for these guys. You know, I really want them to win the championship, and especially for everything they end up going through. And so she watched the game start to finish. Wow. Never watched a football game start to finish. She ended up sending me a clip. On the uh, TV broadcast, and I, I know I know you watched it, but she she sent it to me, and it was how the uh, the uh, TV broadcast focused on you with Aaron's mom before the game started. Yeah, and it was an it was an extended period. It wasn't just a little flash over there. It was, you know, it was probably a good ten seconds. Yeah, which you don't you don't get very often on like sideline stuff on TV broadcasts. Just what was. Kind of, I, I mean, you don't have to tell us of, of what you said to her or anything, yeah. unless you don't, unless you want to. But 
just in that moment, just being there, knowing that that that's your best friend's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So I can tell you everything. So, you know, as soon as I saw her, because I was actually, you know, this is right before kickoff. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and then I saw her walk up with uh, Aaron's sister. And as they walked up, you know, I just I smiled. I said, hey, I ran up and I just said, I love you so much. And I told her and I told her sister that I love them. And uh, she was like, love you, baby. She's like, where JJ at? And so I just that's when you see me. Jaquindon point, Jackson. Yeah. And I pointed over. I was like, he's somewhere over there with the offense or something. I said, but I love you guys. Let me know if you need anything. And. I just left it at that. She was like, you go play a good game, baby. And she just told me to finish it strong. So did that give you some extra motivation? Yeah, yeah, I could feel it. And it was almost like I felt, you know, Aaron a little bit too. I'm like, this is what he would want, you know. This is what he would want. Like his mother saying it. And he loved and respected his mother so much. No matter what we did, he like he would call his mother about 17 times a day, it felt like, at times. We'd be playing the game, be playing Madden. Hold on, I got to call my mama. Hold on, I got to call my mama. You know, we'd be doing anything. Hold on, bro. I got to go, mama. Like, and so, you know, I'd be listening to music. He'd have the ox in my car. And I'm like, bro, I'm listening to my favorite song. He'd play a song, and then he'd like, hold on, I got to call my mama, bro. Hold on. I'm like, bro. <laughs> the so, way you're even, like, the voice you're even doing is that's kind of voice. awesome. That's yeah. his voice. Yeah, no, that's, it is. He had a real, you know, I used to say he got that Tupac voice, you know, got that big old voice. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that dude so much, and I'm grateful, you know, that, um, God allowed us to share some moments, and God allowed him into our lives because um, no one ever know his ordained plan, but his plan is greater than ours, man, and uh, his will is going to be done. One more thing, and then we'll, we'll uh, take a break. Um, normally, at home games, you guys do the moment of loudness in between the third and fourth quarters. Yeah. Being in the Pac-12 championship game, the, the uh, conference controls, what happens in between breaks, in between quarter breaks, all that stuff. So they But they allowed the moment of loudness – to take place, um, I think it was the third break in the uh, second quarter, where they where they played the video of Coach Witt narrating it, and and then everyone shining their lights. Um, you guys saw that in a sixty one thousand seat stadium. Yeah. How cool was it to see that, and how loud it got when when the moment of loudness happened um, at Allegiant Stadium? Man, it was cool. It was more than cool. It was special. Um, it was a moment I'll never ever forget certain things that, you know, happen in life and, you know, they break you for a while and and they, and they crush you. And then you look back at it and you realize that it made you stronger. Um, you realize that you can, that you can savor and be grateful for the moments that you share with that person. You can be grateful for, you know, the team that you have, the team that you're around. And you realize that, dang, we have a family because of these things. You know, it's more than just a team, more than just a brotherhood, more than all those things. And it's all of some of that, but it's, we have a family. And so you realize in those moments, like, these people love us, you know, from fan base to our team to our coaching staff. And it was a special day. It was a special moment. And it was like it was all part of the plan. Certain things I, I can't even put into words, but it, it just all makes perfect sense now. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break. When we come back, we're not done talking about the championship. We're uh, we're going to talk about it more. We just got to we just got to pay the bills. So uh, we'll we'll get more on the, the actual celebration when when all the confetti was flying and Guys were hugging and biting on roses and, and all of that stuff. We'll, we'll get to that and more coming up next. You're listening to Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips III.
a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Back in to Faith Family and Football with Clark Phillips III. You guys can follow him on Twitter at ClarkPhillips21 and on Instagram at ClarkPhillips the Third. And the music provided by Bryce Phillips. We'll talk about Bryce here in just a minute. Um, I wanna I kinda wanna put a bow on the uh, championship game. We'll obviously have I mean, we've got a month, basically, a little less than a month to preview the Buckeyes, which in case you guys are just tuning in or living under a rock. Utah will face Ohio State in the Rose Bowl coming up on January 1st in Pasadena, California. It's Utah's first appearance in the Rose Bowl, and it's Ohio State's like 80th. Not really, but um, <laughs> they've been to it a lot. So um, we will get to that here in just a minute. But uh, all right, so we ended up talking about Ty and Aaron, the way you guys honored them, how Aaron's mom was the uh, was an honorary captain for you guys. Um, so when, so when the, uh, when, when the game ended, Wit already got drenched with, do you guys, are you guys Gatorade? Are you guys water? I think I'm pretty sure it was Gatorade. It was like a blue Gatorade. Do you not drink any of it? No, I just drink water. Oh, okay. I was going to say like, you got to drink. Yeah. Just really just water. Okay. So they end up dumping Gatorade, I think on, on coach Wit. I'm guessing it is. Um, and then, you know, you guys start going out onto the field, they're handing out the hats and the shirts. And finally, your guys one of your goals has, has been realized. What was going through your mind as you guys going into the game? Did you have like kind of a, a plan of what you wanted to do when you guys were out on the field celebrating before you guys were given the, the uh, Pac-12 championship trophy? Honestly, for me, I, I just... I was so in the moment. I was just taking it literally second by second, play by play. Like, and so it was like, you know, when all of that happened, I was just, you know, me and Coach Shaw, we hugged for some, for about two minutes and dropped some tears. Just like, man, I miss Aaron. I'm so glad that he was here tonight. I know he was here watching over us and so glad his mother got to come. Just all, we were exchanging words and loving words and we were just loving on each other for a little bit. And, you know, in that moment, it was just like, wow, we did it, you know soon as I walked, you know, to the middle of the field where everybody was at, uh, it's crazy. People were passing out roses, passing out, you know, champion shirts, and the rest is history. Someone posted a uh, a photo on Twitter, a fan, of you comforting Tavion Thomas. Yeah. He was uh, in the end zone. 
I'm guessing he got emotional because of 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 the journey he's been on from living in his car to going to going you know JUCO route to you know the fumbling issues he had early in the year to now being a Pac-12 champion. Um, what was that moment like? Were, were you just like walking past him and you saw him like that, or, or how did that kind of come to be? You don't have to say of what you said. Yeah, man. So I I um I was you know pacing. Uh, back and forth looking for my family mm-hmm. uh, in the field on the field and so I was looking from sideline to sideline I thought I had a glimpse of them before the game where they were sitting and uh, they disappeared and so after the game I was just looking for them couldn't find them uh, as I got to was it the north end zone yeah as yeah. I got down there um, noticed somebody was on the ground you know his head down and look got closer and it was number nine and I'm like this big old Tay you know and so uh, as I got closer I saw that you know he wasn't down there stretching. I got closer and closer, and he was crying, and he and I could just see the emotion, you know, on his face. And I, you know, I kind of wrapped my arms around him. It's like, be strong, brother. I just told him I was like, love you, man. I was like, we have been through a lot. Now we done made it, you know. And I kind of left it at that. And he was like, man, I just can't believe this. And you know, he just in that moment, he was reflective, you know, like you said, reflective on his past, on his journey, um, all that he's been through. He never thought he'd be in a moment like this again. He went through a lot of tough stuff. And so I was able to just tell him I love him and glad that he's here and glad that um and I just told him everything happens for a reason. God got a plan. What was the feeling like for you? I mean, we're, you know, talking about, you know, the feeling of having Aaron's mom there, you know, Tavion Thomas, you know, all the emotions he went through and you you and Coach Shaw, but what was Clark Phillips feeling at that time? Man, I was really emotional, you know, initially I went through kind of a a good amount of um, of emotions, you know, kind of a plethora of things, you know, went through my brain uh, from the moment the game ended to, you know, 30 minutes after when I'm looking for my family. Um, first was, of course, emotional, like, wow, this just happened. Everything we worked for, you know, 22% better in everything that we're doing, and now we're here. Like, what do we do? And so uh, it was that, and then it was like, Man, I'm so proud. I went from, you know, hugging everybody I could. Like, congratulations. They're like, congratulations. I'm like, nah, you did this. And I'm telling everybody that. And then it was like, wow. And then I went on to start now, about 20 minutes later, telling everybody, we're not finished yet. We're not done yet. <laughs> my mind already started thinking about next year. I'm like, wow, if we can do this, next year we're going to win something even bigger. Maybe we can go for the national champ. Maybe we can. And so my mind was just like, we're not done yet. We got something special. You know, and so I was just, yeah, man, it was a lot of things that went through my mind. Um, can't even tell you everything. I don't even know everything I was thinking, but I just know I was emotional, was happy, excited, shocked, and then ready to go beat somebody else. <laughs> yeah, which we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about that again. We have we have weeks to talk about the Buckeyes. Um, so what happened in the locker room? We don't normally get the whole behind the scenes. I mean, you guys obviously sang the the, the uh, Utah fight song. Um, but what was kind of going like? By the way, did you get a a, a selfie with the uh, trophy? No, you didn't get not one yet. Not yet. Well, everyone's like sitting here posting selfies with the trophy. Yeah, man, I didn't want to steal nobody's moment. I oh, just, come yeah. on, <laughs> man. I uh, so as soon as I got in the locker room, I was like later. You know, I got in the locker room probably like one of the last minutes because you you ended up doing an interview with the uh, Pac-12 Network. Yeah, I did that, and then I went up. Uh, my family was sitting right over the Pac-12 network, like the next row. So they just were all standing there watching. So I ran up there, 
uh, one of the security guards uh, walked me up to the front where I could just chill with my family for about 20 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. By the time I got down to the field, no one was on the field. It was just me and Makai Bernard and, Jay- and Jalen Dixon. And so then we we walked uh, then we walked into the locker room. And, uh, yeah, man, it was just like everyone was screaming, dancing. It was some of everything going on, man. And, uh, like, I saw guys – you know, with the trophy, I saw it, you know, on one end of the locker room, two seconds later is on the other, people just taking pictures. Then by the time I got to my locker, it was right next to me, but it was like a waiting line of like 20 guys like, hey, I'm next, guys fighting over the trophy. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'll wait until it gets in our facility. I'll get my nice picture. I was like, man, I ain't still nobody moment. But I was just so happy, man, that we got it. You know, really, we worked so hard for that trophy, man. It was so special to us in that moment. I just was like, I was still in shock. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would be too. I, I, I think you guys put the college football landscape on on blast, you know? I did. I think we did. Because, again, you, you and I talked about this after the win against Oregon a couple weeks ago at home, where you guys just stomped on them. I, I thought it was going to be a very competitive physical game where you guys would probably edge it out. And I was thinking the same way coming into the game on on Friday. And you guys, again, I did not expect a beatdown. You guys outscored... Oregon, seventy six to seventeen in two games. That's ridiculous. In two games, you guys held Oregon to seventeen points. Man, we got a special team. We got a special team. Um, I think. Did you was, know that, by the way? Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. Okay. I saw like the I, stat. I was gonna say I'm, I'm one of those guys that looks at the stats. Look, at, yeah, man. It's, yeah, I was like when I saw it, I was like, wow, I didn't realize it was that crazy. You know, that much of a difference in the in the points scored and how the defense played in terms of shutting them down. Uh, but I tell you, man, the accolades that we've received this year, all those things that we've accomplished, uh, we know what it was for, and we know the work that we put in to start to, to get there. And it feels like it flew by even faster than we thought it would. You know, just a moment ago we were, you know, playing Weber State, and we were like, this is our goals, and then what happened? We lost, and it was like we had to gut check, you know. Well, you didn't lose to Weber, but you lost to the – you lost the next yeah. two. Yeah, we you know playing we were staying in the next game. You know we lost and it was and like, you probably should have lost to Washington State when you guys fumbled the ball ten times. If it, but if it wasn't for your pick six, yeah, you guys yeah. probably you guys might have had another loss. Yeah, and so we got gut checked, man, and we had to look in the mirror and say, hey, who are we trying to be? Got all these guys, um, got great players. I feel like we got the positions. You know, we got every position group. You know, kind of loaded, and we got guys. Like, who are we trying to be? And it was like feel like leadership, if any time, uh, it needed to be stronger. That moment, it was super strong. You know, leadership's been uh, phenomenal, phenomenal, you know, and tremendous, you know, throughout the season. But in that moment, it was ridiculous. It was like after that game, after the, you know, game against the team down south, it was like you could see, you know, the culture was like, okay, this is who we are. We need to we need to adjust some things, you know. And we need to, you know, we need to make sure everyone's owning up to their 20 square feet. And we need to make sure if we really want what we say that we're wanting, you can't just say that you want a Pac-12 championship and then not be about it every single day. You know, let your actions reflect that. And so from that moment uh, from that moment going forward, it felt like everyone was being held accountable. I feel like a lot of people are saying of what really turned, turned the season around was the fact that it was when Cam Rising became the starter. But keep in mind, Cam doesn't play defense. You guys struggled on defense during the during the exact same stretch. The offense was mm-hmm. struggling, being able to run the ball and being able to protect the quarterback. And 
you know, some of it's Charlie, and we we can we can say that, but we're not we're not going to place blame on him. It just wasn't the right fit. And and Cam has always been that guy who's always all about his teammates and always about the team. But you guys had a players only meeting after you guys lost to San Diego State, and that was when Charlie left the team. Um, now that you guys have won the Pac-12 championship, you guys turned your season around. Do you see that players only meeting? on that Sunday after losing to San Diego State as the most critical moment in this season? I think so. It had to if it wasn't the most critical, it had to be one of the one of the most critical. Um it was definitely up there. Um that players only meeting. Um people allowed themselves to become vulnerable. Um people were held accountable. It was a great meeting. Um and it was, you know, pretty emotional because you got guys that have been in the program four, five, six years you got guys that just joined a team six months ago. Everyone's being held to the same standard. It doesn't matter who you are. And so everyone was held accountable. And it was like, well, if you guys really want what you say that you want, we all got to up our game. It was not like pointing fingers. It was not like, no, you know, it wasn't a reality TV show. It was like, hey, this is behind closed doors. The coaches can want what they want. Um, but at the end of the day, if we don't execute and if we don't want it, then shoot, they can throw in the towel. And so it was like, hey, we need to really up our game so that we can, you know, smile and, and be smelling roses at the end of the season. Which you guys are now smelling roses. But uh, something really, really cool, and I actually text, text your dad about this. Um, but I, I want to get your reaction before I, I uh, tell him or tell you of, of what he said to me. I said, here, I'll, I'll, I'll read the text and pull it up right now. I said, uh, both of your boys want won championships this year. That That's incredible. So Bryce in junior college won their, what is it, the region championship or something like that? Yeah. Which is basically their conference. And then you guys won the uh, Pac-12 just a couple of weeks later. What is that like knowing that both you and your brother are champions? It's a special feeling, man, because we're both able to celebrate. One guy is not, you know, the champion and one's not saying, hey, hey, well, you'll get him next year. It was like we're both, you know, that's why it was so special to see him this weekend. He was so happy for me, you know, and it's just good, man, knowing that, hey, we both did our job, both got the assignment done. You know, that dude had a special season. I feel like I had a special season, and we were both smiling, saying, hey, we did it, man. Phillips boys are killing right now. So it was special, man. It's a a pretty big week coming up for Bryce as he uh, chooses where he wants to go play college ball. Yeah. Um. We're not going to dive into what he what is going through his mind, but you've been in that position where you've had to you've had to decide where you're going to go play football. Yeah, man, a little bit of a different position, but I've had that 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 decision, you know, making situation uh, weeks before, uh, a week before, days before, and so I've been just trying to pray for him. I've been telling him to stay in prayer. I was just um, going to say, what what is some of the advice you're giving him? Yeah, man, and so yeah, like you said, I've been I've been just giving him. Uh, just little pointers here and there. Hey, man, keep, you know, keep praying on it. You know, I've just been telling them the biggest prayer that I prayed, you know, when I was about to make the decision is for discernment um, and then for content with whatever decision I went with. Um, and so I feel like if he does that, it won't be in any wrong decision. He won't be looking back in four or five months saying, dang, I don't feel good about this. Or dang, I went with, you know, the flesh or I went with this and this is not what I really want. Or this is what this wasn't supposed to be. And so I feel like if he, you know, if he stays in prayer um, about contentment, about discernment and just, you know, asking for God's grace along the way, he's going to be all right. And I think that dude's a baller. Uh, that dude made some crazy plays. He said he better than me. He's taller than me. I don't know if he's faster than me yet. 
I think I'm still faster. Than he definitely him. is taller than you because he's also taller than me. Yeah, that dude is long, and so he's got some things, some God given gifts that I think um, he's going to make use of him next year, like he did this year. And I'm just so proud of him. You know, when I saw him after the game, went up there and. We just talking. I was just smiling. I couldn't stop smiling. I was, uh, part of me was happy for me. I'm like, we just won the championship. But I was more so thinking about his situation. Yeah, he's going to Tennessee State in a couple of hours. Right after the game, um, he's out there right now to go visit Tennessee State. Yeah, on his official visit. Just proud of him. He's got some other options. Uh, Colorado State. A couple other schools talking to him. He's also got Missouri know. State as an offer. Yep. Um, but there are other schools which we're not going to talk about which yeah. ones are out there, but that are that are in in talks with him. Yeah. And so because signing day is a week from now or two weeks, forget what it is. I think it's on the 15th. Yeah, I'm just so excited for him, you know, because uh, this is one of the biggest decisions he'll make, man. So I'm I'm just excited for him. Can't wait to see what he chooses. Can't wait to see what he does, you know, and I can't wait to get back to work with him in the offseason. Got a lot to work on. Okay, final thing, Clark. Um, something that was brought up on Twitter that I want you to it, – it's kind of a really cool thing. So back in, in 2019, when Utah lost to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, that was their chance to get into the playoff. Had they beat Oregon, they would have been in the college football playoff. But then they end up going to the Alamo Bowl, and they lose to Texas after some guys opted out and injuries and things like that. You know, it is what it is. You weren't even on campus yet, and you ended up sending out a tweet. We, we can't go back and look at that original tweet because you had to change Twitter accounts because you got hacked or whatever. Yeah. But you know of what you said. What did you say in that tweet? I said, you fans, let them talk, comma. They won't have nothing to say before too long. I left it at that. What gave you the feeling to, to say that to Ute Nation? So I watched the game. You know, I saw how it went. Um, barring the fact we knew that um, we had a couple of guys sit out, you know, for various reasons and some injuries and things. But uh, I just felt like uh, there was a lot of chatter, like, you know, oh, we didn't live up to the hype, all this stuff. And. In my mind, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to see these guys again. And I just knew that we'd get the opportunity. And, you know, it only took two years, right? We didn't expect COVID happening at this time. What did COVID happen three months after that? Uh, Yeah. And then we had the condensed season happen. Um, and so we didn't get to see him. But this year, we got to see him twice. And so I was able to live up to this. And we were able to live up to, you know, and back up what I said, right? Yeah, exactly. And you guys definitely did that. I, I just think that that's really cool that – and there was actually a fan who actually brought that. Up. I actually forgot about that, man. I forgot about that, you know, what I said. Um, someone just surprised that. And that just goes to show what kind of fans that we have. Well, and normally we could go back and yeah. check, but you can't because my, my whole Twitter got hacked. It got suspended for whatever reason. I think I posted a video that copyright music or something. Oh, dude, and you're so, just breaking rules. Yeah, man. And so they, <laughs> they stole my account. And so, but now we got a good one, an even better one. Full of Utah fans. That I guess the plus is that my old account. I was committed to Ohio State. A lot of the Ohio fan base was on there. Um, had a lot of followers and stuff. I think over six, seven thousand or something. But a lot of the Ohio State fan base. Now I rebuilt. I restarted this account. I think when I'm my first freshman year. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you know, it's all Utah. And so I guess that's a plus in a way. You know. Well, you're probably gonna get some Buckeyes following you again because yeah. or blocking me. I hope blocking. That sounds better if we smash those guys. I right? mean, you kind of want the publicity, though, don't, don't you? By the way, anybody who wants to go follow Clark, go to Twitter at ClarkPhillips21. They see that tweet, they're going to block me, huh? They're going to like, he's going to be talking trash about us, Doesn't too. matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Because, you know what? It is a football game. Bring some extra caffeine, even though the game is during the day. 
Um, all right, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, take a break. We're going to get a little tiny thought on the Buckeyes, um, and we'll also do our picks uh, for the NFL. Um, we're going to do bowl game picks, but the bowl, the bowl games don't start, I think, in, for a couple weeks, so we'll we'll kind of put that together. You guys are listening to Faith, Family, and Football. Final segment of Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips III, Trevor Allen here as well. Uh, a lot, a lot to talk about. So, as I said, you know, start of the podcast, it's it's going to be a long one because it's not often that you have a show with a conference champion, and that's what Clark Phillips is is a champion in his first full season as a Ute. Uh, not many can say that, but you can, right? That's the truth. By the way. How is like so? You now have thirteen games under your belt. You only had five last year. Is it a little bit more daunting having a twelve game, thirteen game season? I mean, you guys are going to have fourteen when it's all said and done, but it's not week after week after week for this one. Yeah, you guys have a break. You know, I ain't even really thought about it, man. It's crazy. God works in mysterious ways, man. Because I, uh, I was hurt and I was baffled that we didn't get a full season last year. Felt like we could have made some noise. We could have stormed back, and you know, I could have personally set, uh, made, hit some of my goals. But this season, I feel like you know, he did everything that um, that I prayed for. I feel like uh, the things that you know I wanted to do, I accomplished. There's some things that I felt, some plays of you know, when you're a playmaker and you're a competitor, you feel like you always leave plays on the table. Like this past game, I feel like I could have had a pick six. So I'm gonna say, hey, you had a great game, but for me, I'm like, damn, you know, I just feel like couple inches away from from having a historic moment but you know everything happens for a reason man and you know like you said it's crazy what have I played 17 games 16 games so far in my career 17 or 16 so you've actually played 18 now 18 because you had 13 this year and, and you didn't miss a game and you had five last year wow so when it's all said and done in two years you're gonna have 19 games under your belt after the Rose Bowl that's crazy that is crazy, right? Yeah, man. So, yeah, time flies. It's it's nuts. Me and Coach Shaw were talking about the fact that, you know, if COVID hadn't happened, um, I could be going into my true junior season next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is crazy to think. Yeah. And so, you know. And, and you'd also be eligible to go to the draft after that season. Yeah, after that season. And still would be eligible after the, after the, after next season but yeah you know now the things are just different just because I don't have as many games as I would want to have but we won't get into that but I'm just excited man it just feels good to have that experience you know that was one of the things we talked about last year um like dang I just can't wait to continue to get more experience as grateful as I am for those 5 games I'm more grateful now having even more games I mean you end up looking at it that's still 5 free games basically it's the truth because you could be a junior when you have four years under your belt. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, no, that's real, man. And right now, looking at things, I'm still a freshman. It feels so. It feels like a cheat saying that. Is it, it doesn't act- feel right? Is it actually going to be like weird when we end up calling you sophomore cornerback Clark Phillips next year? It'll feel a little weird. Feel, it just feels like even <laughs> when they say freshman on the commentating, you know, when I'm watching the game because I watch, you know. Every angle, I watch the game a lot of times right after. And then I also watch the TV copy. That's the last time I watched, you know, the, the prior, the week's prior game before I start film study. 
And tonight I'm going to watch the commentated version again. But it's just so weird hearing freshman cornerback Clark Phillips, you know, with yeah. another PBU. He's a great freshman. And I'm like, oh, like I'm that not a freshman. I'm a super freshman. Like, I love to hear it. I'm like, man, it sounds great for young player. But I'm like, it just doesn't feel right when, you know, you're when you're calling, you know, Cole Bishop and the guys that are really freshman, freshman, too. And I'm like, that's not even fair. Yeah, that isn't fair. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't seem right. But, you know, I'm grateful. Nonetheless, I'm grateful, you know, for the extra experience. Um because like I said, man, everything happens for a reason, and God has a plan. I think um, if he didn't want me to be a super freshman, he wouldn't have made me a super freshman. He wouldn't have let COVID happen. But COVID made us stronger as a team, too. We went through a lot, man. All right. Are you ready to do some NFL picks? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, by the way, you uh, finish up because we didn't do picks last week because we didn't do a show. College football picks, as of right now, there's still a chance that you can get back into it because we are going to pick the bowl games except for yours. Um, right now you're 24 and 31. I'm 27 and 28. It was a rough weekend for us in the regular season finale. Yeah. Um, I got Ole Miss and Minnesota right. You got Oregon and Oklahoma State right. We wow. both botched the. You and I both thought the Buckeyes were going to beat Michigan, which did not happen. Um, and now Michigan's going to the college football playoff. How about that? Go blue. You're saying that you're, you're actually saying that for the next bit. couple of weeks. I'm stirring the pot a little bit, man. I'm an instigator at times. That's okay. I mean, we all know that you, you talk a lot of trash out, out on the field. We're just not <laughs> going to say what you said. Um, all right, okay. So for next week in the NFL, week 14, because games are already going on as we speak, the San Francisco 49ers on the road. They are six and five right now as we're taping this against the Cincinnati Bengals, who are seven and four. 49ers, Bengals. Uh, 49ers. Okay. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Did you see that play by Jamar Chase? No. Where he caught the ball and gave it to the defender? He did? Someone said that he was trying to sabotage his, his new coach, or his coach for, for I think, getting fired or, or stepping down or something. Yeah, but uh, he basically caught the ball and, like, he dropped it. Like, he basically had a touchdown and, like, it popped off of his hands. He took, like, two steps and he just randomly just left his hands. The DB behind him caught an interception. You know, that's kind of weird. Yeah, super. That's not something you would do, right? Uh, well, I don't play receiver, so I don't well, know. I meant like, had you been? Uh, no, hell no, I can't do that. I can't do that. That's not right. I bet you would love to get a pick off of that, though. Man, I love to be that DB. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, li- I don't. I don't love being in a trail position. Yeah. Um, because then that means you got beat. Yeah, it means that you got beat, and that means I'm getting a minus on the grade sheet from Coach Shaw. Bingo. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, but I I would love, you know, it's early Christmas gift. If I were to get one of those, hey, thanks, man. pick, man. Take it I, I don't really want this touchdown right now. I had enough of those this season. <laughs> All right. Uh, Atlanta Falcons and at the Carolina Panthers, both are five and seven as we speak. Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> took you a long time. <laughs> I was just thinking about all the games that I've watched, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go with the Panthers as well. And don't be saying I'm copying you. You always do, though. Oh, stop it. Sorry. Even though you have a better record. I figured out your psychology. You say the team first that you want me to pick, and then you say the team second. No, I'm going off of the team who's on the road first. <laughs> and then, and, and you're not even paying attention. You're like texting somebody right now. <laughs> no, I'm taking notes, man. No, you're not. I'm taking notes on this situation. Whatever, stop it. No, you're not. <laughs> Buffalo Bills at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're going with the Bucks, huh? <laughs> you want me to? No, I got to go with the Bills, man. <laughs> I was going to go with the Bills, but I'll, I'll go with the Bucks. Fine. <laughs> it's going to hurt you, man. That's why I'm ahead in NFL picks. Oh, you just get lucky. 
Monday Night Football, Rams at Cardinals. Ooh, did I just put you on the spot? Why would you do that? Because you like Jalen Ramsey and the Cardinals? <laughs> the thing is, Cardinals don't have my boy Pat Pete anymore, so I can go with the Rams Wait, where, easily. Where's he at? He's with the uh, with the uh, Vikings. Oh, barf. Yeah, no, gross. That's not right? good, man. So who are you going with? Oh, I said the Rams. Oh, yeah, you did say the Rams. Okay. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm just going to pick opposite of you. It's going to hurt you. Because I'm, I'm really sick of this. It's going to hurt you bad. It's all right, though. All right. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at Cleveland Browns. <sighs> Ravens. I really want to pick the Ravens, but I don't want to pick the same as you, so I'll go Browns. <laughs> it's gonna hurt you, I don't dude. care. I'm already get, I'm already gonna kick your butt in college picks, so I'm I'm okay giving up NFL. That's all right. All right, here's one that I hate to do, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh Las Vegas Raiders at Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. They're gonna smash them so bad. Sucks we were just in the Allegiant Stadium too. I feel like I should be picking the Raiders. I'm but. going with the Raiders because of Allegiant Stadium. Even though it's not at Allegiant Stadium, it's at Arrowhead. Oh, that's even better. So Whatever. I don't, I don't like doing that just because I, I hate both teams. But I got to say, I wish the Broncos. Oh, we, we ended up picking six games. Oh, that, that's cool. Yeah. I wasn't counting. Counting is not my uh, strong point. Um, Yeah, but I really wish that Denver moved to Las Vegas and had that really nice stadium because that would be nice. Sucks that it had to be the Raiders. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So what's the uh, schedule like for you? You got some finals coming up? Yeah, man. So this week, next week, um, I'm going to be yeah preparing for finals. Um, I have to finish out strong. I officially get into business school. I applied officially, I think, a, three weeks ago to a month. So pending that. What um, do you got to do to get in? You have to have a 3.1 in business classes because this is the, it's the most strenuous in terms of the amount of classes you have to take just for that major and you have to have over a three oh, I think, in your in your prereqs, which I've done that. But my uh, business courses, I think I'm right over like a three one, three two, because those are the tough ones, all the B cores, and you have to take like nine or ten classes. That's why it takes the longest. Otherwise, I would have been already in, you know. Yeah. Like if I would have done like any other degree, any other major. So that's why it's taken two years to get in. But the good thing is when you're in, you're in, and you've already had it. You have you've already basically accomplished most of the classes. So I'll probably have a year and a half worth of work to do left. There you go. Which I can probably knock out in a year, graduated by next fall. And so you guys are going to be meeting as, as a team to kind of talk about when you guys are going to start practicing and, and yep. prepping for, for the Rose Bowl. Tomorrow. Yep. Right on. Well, it's good to be back in, in studio. Hopefully it's more of a more of a consistent thing because I, I do enjoy doing it doing the show in studio. But uh, it's always good to see you, Clark. It's always great to see you too, man. And miss coming into the studio. Glad we were able to come in today and you know recap the game. Um, talk about the new upcoming matchup, them Buckeyes, man, and you know just catch up. So you're you're already sending texts to some of those guys. I won't say what I'm doing yet. It's it's kind of <laughs> early, you know. But uh, <laughs> we got we got to just say just know we have a long time before the game. Yeah. Sometime longer than we've had. So I think you know I'll, I'll be I'll be in contact with some guys for sure. Yeah, I mean even if you guys were in the Alamo Bowl, that would that would have been like the twenty. 6th, yeah. 27th, maybe the 28th. Yeah, yeah. So it still would have been close, but it's not New Year's Day. But New Year's Day is awesome, and, you know, the whole pageantry behind it. The granddaddy of them all, Clark, 
the granddaddy of them all. You're playing in that. Did you not know that it was called the granddaddy of them all? I didn't know that. Gosh, you're young. <laughs> Which, by the way, you'll already be a you, you'll you'll be out of your teenage years when you go play in the Rose Bowl. It's the truth. So it's nobody truth. can call you a baby anymore. Yeah, man. I kind of enjoy it though, man. It just sucks. Now I'm gonna be the 20 year old freshman. Try being a 31 year old sports writer <laughs> and podcaster. They're gonna be calling me a 20 year old true freshman. What is he gonna be when he's a sophomore? New Britain Covey. I'm gonna be talking trash. So <laughs> doing right. some nil deals yeah. with like AARP. <laughs> yeah, man. So it's all right, but it's 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 okay. I mean, okay. In order for you to pull off the Britain Covey, you would have to serve a, a mission and suffer a season-ending injury on top of a global pandemic. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. So I don't think you're going to be serving another mission. pandemic. Uh, I hope we don't get another. Oh, there's another variant out, and I don't even know what that's going to bring. But what, what? Let's just get through the college football season before we start shutting things down, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's get to January first without any issues. All right, Clark. It's always good to see you, man. Good to see you too, man. There you go. That is Faith Family Football, football. with Clark Phillips. Thank you guys for tuning in. And Clark, do you want to say anything else to the fans? Go Utes. Happy to be a champ. We're not done yet. Not done yet. And we're not done with this show either. We'll, we'll talk to you guys next week here on Faith Family Football. Thanks for listening. <laughs>